Hello and welcome to yet another episode of The Mars Podcast. Who are these stark, raving lunatics that are coming at you through the magic of podcasting? My name is Shannon, and as usual, joined here by my brother Jake. It's minicast time. It is, and we're back for our episode uh, six. Is that right? My episode six, right? we made it to episode six. I had to use two hands for that. So uh, that is episode six of The Mars Podcast. What are we going to talk about today? So this is our, little, our second little minicast. We're going to talk about Pixar, and Pixar is, is something that is close to both of our chests. We love Pixar, and we're going to rank our movies from number one to number 17. And then we're going to run through some Easter eggs and just a little bit of factoids about. Yeah, it's uh, something that Pixar is really famous for, and we're going to we're going to cut through and go through some of the, some of that stuff just in case you've you've missed it. And and also my favorite favorite thing now is my challenge to Shannon. Oh, my calling the Big Bang challenge. He failed last week. This is going to be his reactions. I can't wait. Let's do it. Episode six. You're my favorite deputy. You've got a friend in me. We are going to have a chat about the Pixar Cinematic Universe, what I'm going to call the Pixar Cinematic Universe. And this is, Pixar is really dear to both of us. It's, it's, a, it's a studio that has made some of the better movies that we've, we've ever seen. I think you could put them on any list and they would hit really close to the number one, forgetting that they're animated. They could just about be in my top ten. I think they might actually be, and I've never, I've never sat down and did my top ten. But p- some of these Pixar movies could actually appear there. I mean, top ten is so hard to do over the whole, over the whole genre of movies. But definitely, if you did a top twenty, two maybe three, yep. would definitely either scratch the list or definitely be on it. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is a this is a a, a film studio that is consistently amazing. And they are consistently producing high-level stuff. And I think um, what it sits down for me before we get to the list is is their process for working through these movies is so long and arduous and it goes through rewrite after rewrite. And if they're not happy, they scrap whole movies. I mean, we've seen that before. We've seen a movie called Newt that was completely scrapped. We've never never seen anything similar to that come out of Pixar um, because they simply just found it wasn't good enough. And I know that The Good Dinosaur went through quite a few iterations. We know that the original Toy Story was was almost done and they weren't happy with it. They got Joss Whedon on board to rewrite a lot of the dialogue and punch it up to get what is arguably still one of their, one of their most amazing films. And the movie that probably talks to me more, and, and that probably leads really nicely into our list. My list starts with Toy Story. As does mine, number one. It starts where it starts. And it is such an incredible film. It really has... Everything that I'm looking for in a film for kids, effectively, that also speaks to us as adults. And it spoke to the kid in me when I was when I was a kid. And this movie came out, you know, in the late '90s, and still holds up today in in the way that it's it's actually put together in the in the actual visuals. It still holds up. It's not it's not as good. It's not as crisp. Yeah. It's not as crisp. The reflections aren't as good. The textures aren't as good. But story-wise, voicing. The look of it still is just great. Yeah, and it's the only Pixar series that have gone to three movies, and they're actually still very strong. All three of those movies have their own good parts in them, um, but it's the only series that's gone to three, and and uh, it's on the back of very very good uh, characters and, and good uh, writing. Yeah, great writing, great characters, really beautifully voice acted, as you said, and music as well. The whole package, yeah, it's really just, the whole package, just incredible, and and it really does. It, it brings you back to that childhood. And I, I don't remember being a kid that plays a lot with toys and, and, and the sort of imagination that Andy has, as you see in the opening of Toy Story, where you've got that, that sort of the, the bank or, or whatever that, that scene is. But it, something about that just really spoke to me as a kid. And I can imagine kids, uh, I mean, I, I was lucky to grow up with, growing up with a brother, so we were able to, to go and do stuff that, that really didn't involve kind of that, that sort of toys. But a kid that's on his own, he's got a little sister, but she's not young enough to play at the, at the time we start with Toy Story 1. And he just disappears into this world, and it's such a beautifully put together uh, movie. Um, and it's it's a great concept. What what would toys do if they if they were alive, but they they weren't? You know, when you weren't looking. You, and I think every kid wants to think about their toys having their own little personalities and stuff. So you know, fantastic and beautiful use of existing toys that were already in the market you can immediately identify with and then introducing characters that we wouldn't have, have seen normally. And of course now they're they're everywhere and, and they are in every kid's toy box. Yeah, definitely. I think 
the the toy line that's come out of the Toy Story series is is unreal. I mean, I own most of them that came out in the original Toy Story. Yeah. So it just shows that you know not only was it a great movie, but marketing wise, it's just fantastic as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this list was really hard to put together. I think this was harder than the Marvel Cinematic Universe one. We did. yeah, this one and this one's a bit closer to home. I think with us. Yeah. I mean, I know it was a bit. We we're probably a bit older when they started coming out, but we had such respect for Toy Story yeah. and fell in love with Toy Story instantly. That it was a bit harder to kind of chip away. I think mine will be a little bit different to yours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, only because well, oh, we hit it at different points in our childhood. Yeah, definitely. So, so you you immediately identify with other with different stories. And having said that, I really think the only weak point in in the whole Pixar group is Cars Two. Um, yeah. I, I reckon that's clearly the weak point. I don't know if that's is that's last for you. It's not last for me. Wow. I mean, okay. I, the only reason why it's not last for me is because I have two small children. Yep. And on Netflix, it doesn't have the original Cars. It only right. has Cars 2. That's bizarre. For some reason. Right. Now, my children love this movie, and yep. I have seen it in the last month 45 times-ish. <laughs> right, okay. And it's not as bad as it was first. Yeah. I, I mean, ad- admittedly, I've only ever seen it once, I yeah. think. I saw yeah. it once until I saw it 35 million times. Yeah. But it was one of those ones that... It grows on you after a while. The story starts to get better. But it, if I hadn't seen it, it'd be at the bottom of the list. Yeah. But now, because I've seen it so many times, I have a bitter, little bit of a more appreciation for it. Funnily enough, I'm looking through this list. I reckon the only one I actually haven't seen at the movies themselves was A Bug's Life, which I was probably too young at that stage. My parents just didn't take us. Yeah. And Brave. The Everything else I think I've seen within a couple of weeks of it launching. Yeah. The only thing I haven't seen on mine was uh, Inside Out and Brave. You haven't seen either of those. I've seen them, but yeah, I haven't just seen not I haven't at the seen cinemas. Movies, yeah. just, isn't that amazing, though? I mean, I've done that with the same with the MCU. Just about, I think I've seen all of them at the cinemas, bar Incredible Hulk. But with with Pixar, it's just a, it's a must go. They have enough credits in the bank that I will walk into a cinema. You put that Pixar logo and and the the Luxo Junior stamps on the on the eye. I'm I'm there. Every time my money comes out of my wallet and I'm straight there. So I want to correct. I, I haven't actually seen the Good Dinosaur yet. Okay, I've seen bits and pieces of it. Right, never actually seen them all the way through. Oh, well, let's get cracking with the list. My my second one is The Incredibles. Okay, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to go me back and forth, or do you want to go? Oh. I'll comment on yours, and you do my list. How would you like to do this? Um. Well, let, look. I I I think let's go through with the no. Let's let's go let's go movie at a time. Let's okay. go movie at a time because I think. Once we've hit hit a movie, we won't have to talk about it. But I think yep. I kind of want to just run through each one because I think okay. I'm not going to describe the stories. You you should yep. know by now. But I think why it's high and then why it's lower. The Incredibles for me is just about the perfect superhero movie. You could stick that in the MCU and you would absolutely buy that as an origin story. It has a fantastic villain uh, and a villain that to me is better than anything in the MCU. This villain actually has a driving force about why he's upset with the Incredibles. And and he is beautifully acted again by uh, Jason Lee, who does a great voice and is quite a villainous voice. It's it's a great family drama at its heart. Again, you just everything hits these notes with Pixar, but it's a cracking superhero movie and it's a really good origin story. And there's a whole bunch of people in the superhero business, Zack Snyder, I'm talking to you, that should look at this movie and work out how to do an origin story. I mean, other than the the plain rip on characters from DC and Marvel. You cannot find a fault with this movie. No. It's got its peaks. It's got its great soundtrack. It's got its great characters. Great direction. Yeah. You cannot find a fault in this movie. And I really challenge someone to try and find a really big problem with this movie. Yes, every movie has small little problems. But try and find an issue with this movie. Yeah. You can't do it. And it's paced beautifully. Like, it really just hums along. There's no fat. You just... You really feel for these characters as they go through, and th- there's the typical Pixar humor that pops up, um, and that's probably that's a theme you're going to hear all the time. The, the comedy through Pixar appeals to young and old. They are technically better than any animated studio out there. They are technically perfect in uh, all of their fi- and every film. Oh, in every film, yes, increases yes. on what they did last time. Every single one, in terms of a technical standpoint, oh, and technical the standpoint, actual yes. actual technicality of it increases. But The Incredibles is such a, a well-rounded story. And again, the director by, by Brad Bird, who was really gave, gave his start. He started in The Simpsons. You see that tech, that savvy come through in, in Incredibles. He's now moved on to things like the Mission Impossible films. He's also directed Ratatouille. He's coming back to do Incredibles 2 in a couple of years' time for Pixar. But that's my number two. What's your number two? My number two is Cars. Wow, that's high. That is now, high. Cars is a personal reason for my liking Cars. Obviously, most people won't know me out there, but I had a few medical issues when I was a bit younger, and 
the one movie that I seemed, other than Batman, which we'll go into a, at a different time, Cars was the one movie that kind of kept me going. Yeah. Kept me, kept me positive. I'm not sure why. Can't explain why it was. It was one. Maybe it's one. Shannon said, "You know, throw this on, yep. have a watch." And I probably watched it about thirty-five times when I was sick. And I still will watch it today and still get those those uh, empowering feelings. I mean, and the ending for me is probably one of the best endings. The ending where he uh, does, doesn't win the race, goes back and saves him, still is the glassy eye moment for me. But it's yeah, it's it's, it's personal reason why it holds up. Yeah. I can find millions of flaws with the movie. Yeah, don't get me it's wrong. certainly to me, it's not their strongest. It's it's very at the t- point, it's their most technical advanced, and we we'd say that with every film. But it doesn't speak to me the same way it speaks to you, and that's why it's, it's actually really low on my list. It's fourteen. Yeah, me. which, which I, which I can totally understand. I'm not going to just sit there and yeah. disagree with you. Uh, number three was My Incredibles. Yeah, okay. And probably would be number two if I didn't have the personal attachment to Cars. Sure, sure. Monsters Inc. is third. For for me, uh, what about you? Monsters Inc. slides down to ten for me. Wow, is that's pretty low. low. Only be, I mean, not because it's a bad movie, only because there's so many better ones that for me. Wow. Um, okay. So number four for me is Toy Story three. Yep. Okay. Um, and I have that at eight. I actually have that lower than Toy Story two, which I think there, there's going to be people with pitchforks out there waiting for me. But I, I liked Toy Story three, but. I thought, and I thought it was a really good ending, and I'm really disappointed now to hear that they're now going to go back for a fourth. Yeah, that's really that's really quite sad. I mean, Toy Story three, taking back Cars. Toy Story three has the best ending yeah. out of all the movies. Yeah. It actually, I've cried as I've said. I think I've said it in the podcast before. I've only cried once in a movie. Yeah, and then Toy Story three was it. Right. Okay. But when they're facing Doom, and I didn't know they were going to get saved. Yeah. Sad as that sounds to everyone out listening. The only time I actually cried in the movie was actually... Well, not so, so you're telling me you genuinely thought the, the, the movie would end with the toys being incinerated in a, in I th- a fire? I thought it was a perfect ending in a, in a, in a small It'd way. It'd be horrific for those children. It'd be horrific. But in, for all the adults out there, I mean, it, it's a good it's a good memory, a good idea of this is what happens when toys go to... They get burned and you should die a horrible death. Yeah, that well, is horrible well, for those well, children. Don't throw, your, don't throw your toys out. Wow. Um, that's like Lightning McQueen having a smash with... Head on with Sally and everyone dying. That's a terrible ending. Don't throw your toys out. Simply Don't throw out. your toys. Good, good. Listen to the podcast, kids. Do not throw your toys out. They have feelings. Damn it. Donate them. Um, and then a, gr- a great, you know, a great get out of jail free card with that by having the, the little aliens, the cranes, the crane ex machina turning up and saving them. Little great ending. But that's so sweet with Andy handing over those those toys to the end and, and starting. It would have been really nice to just end it there. I'm I'm actually really disappointed. Look, I trust Pixar, and as we've said, we love what they do. But I really wish that they'd leave Toy Story alone now. It's one, of, it's one of those ones that wrapped up perfectly. Yeah. You, you don't need to go back for another adventure. Yep. Yes, they're, they're starting a new adventure, but we don't need to see it. No, we don't need and to I see mean, it. Yes, I mean, Andy left. Yep. Probably should have taken Woody, but it's just perfect to have that combined. He gets to stay with his mates, yeah. and, and it works n- perfectly well. I'm, um, I'm actually I'm actually with you on that. I'm really disappointed in, in Pixar. There's so many um, original ideas that will go through the list that they, they should be doing. And I know that sells toys and it's a market. It's probably a marketing thing. But I just it's just one of those things you really don't need in this yeah. life. Yeah, and look, John John Lasseter still does a great job. He's now the head of creative across both Disney Animation and and Pixar, uh, being their own little company that sits within D- Disney. And they've been kicking goals all over the place. Oh, all over place. Disney. But interesting enough, he actually directed Cars too. Yeah. So. I'm a little bit iffy on his directional yeah. base at the moment. I mean, and their stories get workshop, and there's guys like Andrew Stanton there and Brad Bird that are still in there at, at all times, and they and they go through such a machine with these stories. It is a bit disappointing that Cars 2 ended out the way it did. I think um, it was rushed, though. I think it was one of those ones where they had to get it out. They wanted the toy sales for Christmas. And yeah, it was and that is really rushed. a toy driver. That 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 is, and the kids love it, and that's probably why it doesn't quite quite resonate with me because I think it is one of those, those Pixar movies that is aimed lower than my age. And and I still love Pixar. I still love the Pixar movies as they come out. Uh, Cars and and Cars Two just didn't speak to me as as the other ones did. Uh, Monsters Inc. is my third one, and I I love this film. I think this is a great great film. I love the buddy comedy that that we haven't seen before from Pixar. Really, I mean we've got a little bit of that with Toy Story and the Buzz, the Buzz Woody. Um, deal, but they start as enemies, they end up as friends. But this is kind of a buddy comedy right from the get go, and very different buddy comedy. It's Sully who's the big, you know, kind of superstar, and then you've got got Mike who's the little weasel, and uh, and and again, the voice acting is sub- sublime. And oh, one perfect. thing we would say perfect. about Pixar is that they go and pick character actors that that have great are great sonically. They don't necessarily go for big names at the time. I'm looking at you, DreamWorks. And don't even start was, me on DreamWorks. I was waiting for the DreamWorks reference. But don't start on me DreamWorks. But they go and get great character actors. And sometimes they are big names. Tom Hanks is one of the biggest movie stars we've got today. But he is perfect for Woody. 
and they've gone and got people who just act are really great sonically and they they sell those characters and they give them a human slant and we are seeing the Pixar effects rub off on Disney animation overall you look how good they've been recently compared to where they were a few years ago they were struggling Disney animation we've now we've now got big hero 6 out of them we're getting really we're getting zootopia out of out of Disney we are getting great animated films coming back from the Disney brand where they had that gap after about uh, what Lion King and Aladdin and and after those we had a lot of flops. We had some really bad movies come out of that. You could probably make an argument for something like The Emperor's New Groove, which I reckon is underrated. Yeah, really, um, good, really good movie. And and something like maybe Hercules has its moments, but there's a bunch of those those Disney animation films that were terrible after that, and they're now starting to kick goals. And I think that's the Pixar effect coming into oh, definitely. into play, and definitely. John Lasseter's guiding hand. So you know, I think that they've got enough runs on in the on the scoreboard for us to kind of just back their judgment. But Monsters, Inc. is a great film and I think it works really, really well. And a great, another quirky concept, like a really quirky original concept original that we, haven't, idea seen that we haven't seen before. Yeah. And that's what, that's why Toy Story 4, even Toy Story 3 was a stretch. They made, they was slam dunk. I love the movie, but it wasn't, I don't think it was needed again yep. and again and again. And it's, Monsters, Inc. has proved that it can be done. Yeah. Same with The Incredibles, it can be done. But so leading into number five for me is Wally. Yep, and and Wally's four for me. Yeah. So four and five. I mean, it's one of those ones where Wally's such an original idea. Yeah. It flows through the through the Pixar universe it's dark. very well. It's probably Pixar's darkest movie, and it's not for kids. I don't nah. think it's for kids. It's not aimed at kids. There's a very few light moments in there, but a lot of it is reference to the adults, and and it's reference to what we could become. And looking at it, it's probably the the film that has a love story at its heart. More than any, I don't think there's any other Pixar movie that really runs with a love between a, a, a what essentially is a man and a woman, a robot, female robot, and a male robot. Although I'm I'm assigning that gender, I, I don't even know whether that's the case. But they're simply a small robot and a, what sounds like a female robot and a male yeah, I robot. I think the sounds are more. But what we're going but with. we've also got a lead character that barely says anything. We've also got a secondary character that barely says anything at all. They say nothing but their names. And yet, such emotion comes out of that. You get a. I, my heart bleeds every time Wally does something sad. And it is such a beautiful film. And again, technically just stunning. That um, uh, fire extinguisher uh, spacewalk that, that Wally does is just incredible and breathtaking. And is probably 10 minutes in the middle of the film with basically no, no dialogue at all. Very little sound, but just stunning to look at. Yeah, I'd love to see how much of Wally is actually talking. Yeah, because I think there'd be so much silence that it's, it'd, it'd baffle. And I think a lot of people who don't really respect Pixar movies, yeah, wouldn't rate this very highly at all. No, I mean it's not for kids, and they don't really talk. But it's that dark. Much. It's it's, it's, dark. A, it's a it's a bleak future it's for a very for, very for dark humans. future. And um, you, you know, you, we we see Earth is is decimated. It's it's post apocalyptic to the point where there are no humans. They've all they've all gone off on this on this adventure in in space to to basically save their own lives. And yet then we get a really horrible version of humans that are so lazy they're not moving. And it's that's bleak for a kid's, what is ostensibly a kid's film. But, you know, it, it, it actually, it's a bit of social commentary there, which you don't see a lot in Pixar films. But a really strong message around, you know, we need to recycle and we need to, to look after our environment because this could, is what could happen. That's not a kid's film, in my opinion, no. but it's beautifully put but together. But it's so sweet. It's so sweet. And it just, you, you, you can watch it and you can just... just run away with this little universe and it's one of those ones where you really get involved in the character who doesn't he doesn't really doesn't talk, say doesn't much, say much. can't talk to you can't, can't say what he's feeling but his emotion on that little robot face and what he does with his little hands is just amazing and that says something to the character's design too that you can get so much emotion out of out of a robotic character it could be the best robot we've seen on on film, oh, I I think Baymax is is in the same ballpark. They get so much emotion from such little features, but yeah, I think robot wise, I think Wally. Yeah, Baymax except is the joke from Baymax is he doesn't have a lot of emotion, so he, yeah, he gives so you nothing. So that's the joke. That, yeah. Whereas Wally gives you so much emotion just with the simple downplaying of or, or playing of the voice that he that he gives, um, and that's it's just an incredible film and, and so beautiful. Uh, Toy Story Two is five for me. You had Wally at five. I had Wally at five, yep. Finding Nemo is six for me. Yep. What did you have? Uh, I have Up. And Up is seven for me. So, and I tell you what, talk about heartbreak in, in Up. That first 10 minutes, if you haven't had your heart touched by that first 10 minutes, uh, you are made of stone. Complete stone. Uh, utterly, utterly heartbreaking in the sense that Carl loses his wife. But so beautiful. Through a montage so and, and a really sweet 
touching way. And then we get just a burst of color, and it's a really probably the most colorful film. It's really pretty to look at. And again, a little buddy film that turns up with a, you know, the little kid and and Carl, and uh, and what is it is a, an adventure film at its heart. But something completely different again. Yeah, just just out of the blue, comes out of nowhere. It's, it looks like a normal everyday film. It's going to be same kind of mundane approach, but then bang, yeah, off he goes with his balloons, yeah, and takes his whole house with him. It's just one of those things where world that we haven't seen before, yeah. And, and again, the, the research shows Pixar do a lot of research beforehand, but uh, those those amazing falls and, and cliff faces and stuff uh, are, are somewhere on the planet. And they went out there and, and showed Tanzania or something, I think it was, and photographed it and and reviewed it. And they took all the animators out there, and it shows because it, it is a stunning, stunning film, it breathtaking, beautiful pans and beautiful movie, yeah. Just and it's so funny. It's one of those ones that it's, it's not underrated because I think of the humor in that movie is it's just it's so high. That's yeah. why that's why it probably reaches number six. I mean, the story wasn't after the first fifteen minutes wasn't fantastic for me. Yeah, but the animation and the humor in that story. Once Carl's got his house up and is has landed, it, it, it the pace falls off a little Definitely. bit. Definitely, but. It's it's such a it's still it's still very satisfying. The villain's actually really dark in that. He is very dark a, and yeah. quite quite scary for for kids. But he's quite a good foil. And uh, and really, this story of redemption where where Carl's living out his wife's dreams is really is really touching and really sweet. Uh, with Russell along Russell for the for the for the ride Doug. as well. And Doug the dog is is a great again another little comedy foil that comes along. Then I've got Toy Story three at eight. Yeah, so Ratatouille number eight for me. Uh, and Ratatouille is at eleven for me. Uh, Monsters Uni is at nine for me. Really, really, that's that's high. Yeah, I think it's very high. I actually really liked it. I, I know it it didn't do as well as as the other ones, but I thought it was really great. I, I love those characters. So seeing them again, it's it's Pixar's first prequel, which we haven't seen before, and an interesting take because we I didn't think that it actually screamed out for a sequel, to be honest. But it's nice that these characters don't get along to start with, and, and you see the fall between the two. Again, you you bring John John Goodman back, and you bring Billy Crystal back, and they're they're great. Um, but there is a really sweet and touching moment again in that that film, where Mike, uh, where where Sally loses his his nerve and and talks about what a failure he thinks he is, and that that's a bit grown up again. That's that's really quite grown up themes for a for a kids film, and that struck with me and and feeling like you know the oldest and all that kind of stuff that goes along with, um, that struck a chord with me. The only thing I don't like about Monsters U is that it's it, it I think it loses touch with its original. With the with the Monsters Inc. Do you I, think so? I, I don't think it flows the way it should because the way it shows in Monsters Inc. is they've been friends since primary school. Yeah, I think they even say they've been friends since primary school in Monsters Inc. Uh, I maybe, could be wrong. Maybe, but it feels like they've kind of gone. Well, how can we mix this up and throw it back there? And it hasn't really worked all the way through. And I think that's the only thing that I've found kind of detached me a little bit. Yeah, I sure. Did, I didn't feel sure. like it was. An original, like I like the idea of them being enemies, yeah. but it didn't work with the, what it was pictated in. And the they picture. don't stay enemies long, and, no, and kind no. of that, that conceit dies out a little bit too. And, and that could have probably been played a little bit longer. Um, but there's some great performances in there. There's some again, the animation's great, um, and and ha- being them being part of that really lame frat house. There's a lot of laughs in there, a lot of good stuff in there. So yeah. uh, I quite liked it. I thought it was uh, it was good, and it's it's why it's up. And I, I like I like to show that Mike. Had a bigger part in this movie as well. Yeah, like I really love Mike. I think I like Mike more than I like Sully, which yeah. probably um, most people would go for the Sully character. But but I like Mike because he was that little the sidekick in this one, and then he's kind of thrown into the main role in this one, where he's really he's the driving he's the driving character. force. Yeah, and it shows how b- good of a coach he became, which I really, really yeah appreciate. yeah, and 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 it's really it's kind of heartbreaking to see his dreams. He's n- clearly not going to get to where he wants to go. He's not not going to be the world great scarer that he wants to be, uh, but he still has a role to play, and I think that that's. That's a really sweet message that comes out of that, and I think um, you, you know you play to your strengths and yeah, those who can't do coach. Yeah, that's that's right, and uh, and and so, but it's a really lovely, lovely story, and, and it's it moves along and it's got its bit, and it reminds me of the of the kind of animal housey type type deal that um, the real co- it give, brings you back to a really child friendly college type type go, and I really like that. I've got Finding Dory next at uh, at ten. I haven't seen Finding Dory, so I can't can't comment. So uh, again, it's it's more of the same. It follows that line, but it's it's quite nice and. Uh, it's again uh, really, really beautiful. Yeah. See, Nemo was nine for me. Yep. And I have Nemo at six, yeah, so, so it's a bit higher for and me. And then I got Monsters, uh, Monsters Inc. at ten, which yep. I've already discussed. Uh, Ratatouille eleven again, another Brad Bird feature, which is uh, which is really great. It, it's it's middling of the list to me. It's not the the standout for Pixar, but it's not certainly not the worst film that they've done. Uh, it's it's a mouse in France. 
who likes to cook. And that's a sweet little story. There's nothing particularly touching about it, but it's it's nicely acted and it's it's all there and it's yeah, it's no, exciting. Nothing amazing, just one of those. But it's it's middling, but it's still it's still very good. Good solid movie. Inside Out at twelve for me. Yes, yeah, so Inside Out's eleven for me. Yep, so pretty close. Still really good. Uh, was really quite a nice story. Um, and it, it hit- wasn't as strong, strong story wise or comedy wise. No, that I found it. It was a bit. It was a bit downplayed. A bit. They almost wasted the concept a little bit. Yeah. You really could have had some go. I would have thought more emotions than four or five. five I think. Yeah, that, that, I think that's the biggest. The biggest problem. You got so many more emotions, envy. Yeah, you know, love, and disgust was kind, kind of, of a, just an odd character to yeah, me. I thought, like what? Fashion. What is that? You know, it's like she's fashionable and she doesn't like broccoli. That was pretty much the yeah. only conceit. I think they wasted that. That character, Lewis Black was great as as anger oh, and fantastic. and and Bill Hader's in there as well. Uh, Amy Poehler is fantastic as Joy. So there's some great character actors I, in I there. I think again, a, waste, a wasted opportunity, but a, a bit of a wasted opportunity. But looked amazing. Um, moved along fine. It it had a, a great conceit. Everyone, Richard Kind turns up Bing Bong. as Bing Bong. Richard Kind again, the great voice as Bing Bong. But yeah, there was some there's some issues with that film, and I think um, it, you couldn't solve them. They couldn't get over those hurdles for me, but it was still—it's still a great film. And you put up against anything against DreamWorks, and it still—it still kicks the living daylights out of it. Probably, but probably my favorite weekend. joke is in Inside Out of the whole Pixar movies. Yep. When uh, she's, she's at the end of the movie, they're playing hockey, and he she hands a guy a little boy a drink bottle. Yep. And it's screaming "girl, girl!" Yeah, and they yeah. all, They're just running rampant. I still chuckle at that every single time. And they're, they're the funniest parts when you go into the dad's head oh, and he's watching the that? soccer and you go into the mum's head oh. and she thinks of Julio or whatever it is. Yeah, I do, some, I, some great little bits in there again show how the conceit could have been used and, and it, they didn't do it. No. They, they lost that, that moment. I think that they it was a bit weaker um, but still a very solid story. A Bug's Life comes in next for me at 15. Yeah, see, Bugs Life was 15 for me as well. Um, only because I haven't seen Bugs Life in literally 10 years. It's and I cannot remember anything from it. It's still a very good film. And the the circus performing Bugs are really strong in that. Uh, great voice again by the by Kevin Spacey as the, as the main villain, Hopper, who is scary. Actually, very scary. Julie Louis-Dreyfus turns up as the queen. Uh, Dave Foley as our, as our titular flick who comes through. Yeah, it's it's a great film. It moves along, but again, it's not as technically strong as a lot of the other ones, and it, it is a little bit weaker. It was their it was their follow up to Toy Story, and it probably showed that all of the effort went into Toy Story, and they and they didn't quite nail it with Bugs Life. It also had that really weird thing that happened quite a few times in that period, where you had a a rival studio doing pretty much the same story. It was released the same year as Ants. Yeah, it's very odd. Which was really odd that very you've got a, a an animated movie about ants. The Life of Ants, and they again did that thing where they load up on on big names to do their voices rather than the guys that they use for Pixar. You had uh, Sylvester Stallone, Woody Allen was the lead character in Ants, and it wasn't a good film. And quite frankly, you put the two together, and Bugs Life is still far superior to that to to Ants. Um, and they did that Ants with a Z for some reason. Like, yeah. That happened in the nineties and two thousands, no where we, we we look how cool we are. We, we can replace S's with Z's. I'm pretty sure I saw both of them, and both of them are forgettable. That's probably why I'm, it's so far down my list for me. I think if you sat and watched Bugs Life, you would really, really enjoy it. I, I, I probably would. I have no doubt that I would. It's just one of those movies I'd never got around to, and never spoke to me when I was choosing a movie. So, yeah. I've got Cars next at fourteen. Disappointing, but yeah. <laughs> what have you got at fourteen? Uh, see, I have Brave. See, I haven't got I haven't got Dory, so I'm at Brave for forty uh for fifteen. Okay, so I've got Brave at sixteen, and Brave Brave is 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 a Pixar movie we know went through some issues behind the scenes. We we changed directors about halfway through, and they had to re-scrap and reframe that story based on on some issues with with the way it was tracking. And it shows. And it shows, and I think it's a bit disjointed. It's probably to me, it's almost the weakest conceit of a film. It's 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 really weak, and it's it's set in, you know, medieval times, which don't doesn't interest me as a person. I'm not a big medieval type person, um, uh, and but it's just it's weak. It includes magic that kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, it's it is really all over the shop, and it's one of those ones where, uh, you, if you walk out of say if you watched a movie for a second time, you walk out and you come back in, you can know what's going on with most Pixar movies. Yeah. If you walk out and you think you're watching a different movie, you yeah. have no idea. It's a really weak. It's a it's a weak. Really, a misstep by by Pixar, uh, and a bit weak in that term. So I think that's that's why that's so late. 
so brave for me. Good dinosaur at fifteen. Haven't seen it. So um, that's, why, that's why I'm I'm missing Dory and I'm missing a uh, good dinosaur off my list because I just haven't seen them. And again, technically sound, but I think it's a it's a, a weaker story and it doesn't it doesn't quite play to me the same way the others do. Again, it's set obviously well before human. Well, the 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 conceit is of course that the 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 meteor misses. And there's still dinosaurs and humans then become as part of the evolutionary chain. So we have dinosaurs and humans, uh, but humans are are very primitive. Uh, it it just doesn't it doesn't hum as much as the other ones. It's not not a lot of humour, and I think that's where Brave falls apart. And I think that's where and you look at the the weaker ones on this list, the humour goes away, and the conceit that the dinosaurs can talk but the human doesn't say anything. Most of the humour comes out of the, the the primitive actions of the human child that, that tags along. There's not a lot of other stuff there. There's obviously a great sadness when he loses his father and as you go through, but there's not a lot of laughs. And I think that's where it get, it, it kind of nails the heart, but doesn't quite get the balance right with the humour. And I think that's why it's weaker, and, it, and that's why Braid's weaker. For me, Cars Two is the worst is the worst one here, um, and I think that it, it was a it was a real misstep uh, as a sequel. I don't think Cars needed a sequel. No, I, I strongly agree. It wasn't needed. And and no one was calling for a Cars sequel. No one wants a, a third movie, but they're still making it anyway. Cause, because cause of marketing. Because and, of marketing. And, and I think that's really sad. They do a good job for Pixar. I think if you put Cars 2 against most of the animated movies, you'd be okay. But you are holding against very lofty standards of Pixar, and I don't think it hits the I think mark. it's a very... It's a good idea for a story. I just think it's missed on many, many levels. I actually like the idea of the story, but... It, it does miss on so yeah, many levels. I think it just misses, and I think, you know, despite Michael Caine's best efforts and, and a few other he is really, pieces, He is really good in that. He actually. is really good. You know what the problem is? I think they focus on Mater, and to me, Mater is always a secondary character. I 100% agree. And and I, I think you've got to go back to the Lightning McQueen character. He's a far more interesting character than Mater. Mater is a bit player who comes in for the last. He's a comic relief. And again, that's what they did with Finding Dory, the com- comedy relief. They made them the, the, the key character in Finding Dory, but they, they did a better job. And Dory has a lot more heart than Mater. And I think, you know, that's where we've... we've well, and Alan's it. voice isn't really, really, really irritating. Yeah. Like Mater's is. Mater's is ridiculously yeah. irritating. And yeah. You, and and you want to you find him and punch him in the face after the end of the movie. Yeah, and, and you, can only, you can only forgive so many missteps by Mater, you know, comical... Uh, misunderstandings you can only take so many and I just don't think that it has the same heart as Cars or the other ones and I think that's why it's certainly its weakest point it's very visually good because you go around the world and it's actually really pretty and I love the play on the Cars you know if, if it's a car in the Cars universe it has a car slant and normal products have car slants and I think that's really clever but a lot of the gags in there are visual all right so wrapping it up really quickly because we uh, need to get moving so I just want to want you to name off the top of your head your top three Pixar characters Good guys, bad guys, whoever you want, on the spot. No explaining who they are. Yep. I just want to know your top three, who they are. I think Buzz Lightyear is number one for me. I, I really love his, especially in the first one, he's that gung-ho attitude of a, of a, of a toy that doesn't know he's a toy is a, is a hilarious conceit to me. Um, I love Mr. Incredible as a driving, driving force behind The Incredibles. Um, and I'm going to go with a villain, actually. I'm going to go with lots of hugs bear from Toy Story 3. Very I think he's a villain. great villain. He's actually really frightening and gives the, the, the toys in that movie a really foil to play. But I, I could, you could literally name a hundred characters because there's su- such such a strength is in the characters and the writing of those those characters. See, mine's actually funny because my two of my three are actually villain, people who don't really talk very much. Yep. So number one for me is Woody. Yep. You'll always be Woody. You, can, you can't try and talk, my, talk me out Isn't of it. Isn't that nice that I'm Buzz and you're Woody. Is yeah, it? What a nice fall that you look is. At, you look at my toy collection, Woody will, will appear more than anyone else. Second one for me is Boo. Yep. Even though I didn't rate Monsters, Inc. as highly as you did, yep. Boo is still one of the best characters I've ever seen. Yeah, you're a dad too. so I, think I am that, a dad. That, that's, that's why it comes to me a little bit. But, yep. but Boo's amazing. Yep. And I think Boo holds a big... We'll, we'll talk about it one day, but Boo holds a bigger uh, seat in this whole universe that... Or theory yep. says yep. than we ever say, and number three is Wally. Yep, because yep. and Wally's a great character. Wally's a great character, yeah. and we've discussed why Wally's so good. But two of mine don't actually speak, which is funny enough. Oh, and the other one we should probably talk about is Finding Nemo, which we kind of glossed over a little. Yeah, bit. We, we completely glossed over that one, which is a bit, which is a good movie, very, yeah. very high on the list. So yeah, it was, it's, it's really good, and I, look, it's a really sweet movie. It's, it's again, it's really lovely cast. I think Albert Brooks, who turns up in a whole bunch of Simpsons mo- um, shows as uh, great characters. I think we've already done one on the podcast. He's he's the voice of Hank Scorpio. Yeah. turns up as uh, as Nemo's dad. Episode Marlon. two. Episode two, uh, if you're playing along at home, mark that off your list. He turns up as as Marlon's voice. Brings a beautiful, um, nuanced, really nice, uh, sweet and caring uh, and quite uh, paternal uh, voice to that to that character. Really feels like you, he's really he's out to find Nemo. It's the most desperate thing he's got. It's such a horrific story to start yeah. with, too. I mean, it starts with 
all of his brothers and sisters being horrifically killed and killing his mum in, in really horrific circumstances yep. and sets the page. But that is a, a, a kind of a frightening start. Yeah, and a really big surprise in um, Alan DeGeneres with uh, the voice of Dory. And it's one of those ones where she shouldn't be a main character in the next one, but a really good side character. She's really sweet too. Really that? sweet, really lovely, really easy to identify with and really get, into, get behind. And of course we love it because it's got those Australian flavours to it. And they turn up in, in P. Sherman in, in uh, Wallaby Way in Sydney, turns up and, and there's that nice real flavour. But it is a, a really, it's an adventure film at its heart. It really is, and it's, it's really different to all of the other Pixar movies, which I think is really good for its time, and it was really the first one to really do it. And it turned up at, at number six for me on my list, so it's uh, it's really high, and then um, I think Finding Dory was at ten, and, and uh, you know, it, the, the sequel wasn't as good as the first one, but it still had its, its, it's, very, its high points. It really is, as you'll, as you'll hear from all, our, all of our lists and whatnot. That's right. So, I mean, that, that you know, that's one, one thing we probably glossed over, so we wanted to just go back and make sure we hit that one as well. And so, one thing Pixar is really well known for, which... You know, keeps keeps all of the really big fans uh, looking at stuff, and like I really ourselves. love this stuff. I like really do. Yeah. I love this this little this this tradition they've got of dropping stuff into movies to keep keep people like us looking. And so subtle as well. And really subtle and really, and really, really subtle. nicely done. Some of them are done uh, more than others, uh, and some of them are far more overt than others. But they're all there. Um, one thing that always does turn up, and and it's amazing once you know about this one, how often it turns up in a whole bunch of other ma- animated stuff as well. And that's the number A one one three. Turns up in every Pixar movie ever. Turns up in a bunch of animated stuff as you go along. In D- Disney, Any, Disney movies. Disney, but everything. Every every animated TV okay. show has has A one one three in it. Every time I look for a, a number on a train or on a, on a, a license plate or uh, the the number in a classroom is always A one one three. And the story goes that. Um, that is the the animators. A lot of the animators graduated out of uh, the University of California uh, and came out of that as as and that was their classroom number is A one one three is where the animation is done. So uh, it turns up in a lot of stuff and it's become a running joke in just about everything. It turns up in Family Guy. It turns up in Futurama. It's everywhere. If you keep an eye out for it, you will see that the letters and numbers A one one three and it turns up in every Pixar film. The other one that t- turns up is the use of John Ratzenberger yes. as the voice who turns up in, a, Lucky in Charm. every single movie that Pixar has done. John Ratzenberger turns up either in a big role, in a massive role, or in a really side role. Yeah. But he's a great deep voice and a great really distinct voice, and he turns up in every Pixar uh, movie. He's Ham in the Toy Story movies. He is the uh, the big lorry that drives Mac that drives Mac, around. Yep. Ca- uh, that, I think that's, the main, that's the main one that you can probably identify pretty quickly. Yeah, and so he's he's in every in every Pixar film, and he's he's a great voice. The Luxo Ball turns up quite a lot, which you was their first uh, animated show, which was the the Luxo Junior and and the, with the with the the lamp. Um, but the Luxo Junior Ball is is in just about every one. The other one we see, which is the one that I think is the most the one that is most picked up, is the Pizza Planet truck. And Pizza Planet as a company. Yeah, and they're starting to get a little bit harder to find as well. They're not so obvious. I mean, in Cars, they would, it was just a side character on the, on the in the crowd that you had to really look for. In Inside Out, it was just a memory that yep. you picked up on the side. It wasn't even the main memory. It was just on the side. So they're really trying to throw it in there where it's not so obvious nowadays. And the ones that they really had to struggle to get them in is things like The Good Dinosaur where you've got a prehistoric, not a car inside, and it, and it has to turn up as a cave painting or it has to turn up really subtly on the side. And that they kind of and Brave is another one. It turns up in a, in a carving, I think. Um, really hard to sneak a, a, a Pizza Planet truck into a, a story with no cars. Yeah, Nemo do, Nemo do it really well where they just, it's with that one time when they're crossing a road, it just drives past yeah. quickly. And I think that that's, it just shows how hard it can be, and, but so well done to get it in. To sneak it in. Yeah, and Pizza Planet turns up in quite a few films. Um, Dinoco turns up in quite a few films. Um, and also we see By and Large, which is actually a major plot point in, in Wally. Um, but yeah. it's there as well. Well, major plot, a major plot point in the whole um, universe, I think, when it comes down to it. If you actually look at, it, at the Pixar theory as a whole, we're not going to go into that today because no, that takes, but it's huge, that takes but hours. But as a Pixar theory as a whole, by and large, is a big part of it. A massive part of that. Uh, and, and basically what that theory is, that is all the films take place in the same universe and they, they're all in different points yeah, of different, different points of time, different points of uh, perspective. Um, and, and, and the other one that you really should be looking an eye at, which is the one I love more than anything else, is that the, the hiding of... Of items or of little little nods for films that are coming up in Pixar's history. So um, we see many examples of that. It happens in every film, and you've got to really really keep an eye out. Yeah, the, the ones that come to mind from the top of my head is one in Up, where they are uh, floating up in the air and they cut to a bedroom and they see a Lotso teddy bear uh, in the corner. It's very dark, but you can see it pretty clearly. Clearly, yep. that's probably the main one that I think of. In Toy Story three, there's a uh, Cars two poster yep. or a poster of the truck that's going to be in Cars two, which is the pretty 
pretty much the obvious one. I think in uh, Monsters Inc., uh, he picks up a Jesse doll. Yep. I'm not sure if that was before or after, but it's pretty it's close definitely to after. It. Yeah. It's definitely before, so it's it's a nod to the next one. Yeah, next one coming um, up. And we even see it of a, a deleted um, movie that never made it. Uh, Newt, which was about a, uh, a, a little gecko or something, uh, turns up as a poster in Andy's room in, I think it's Toy Story 2, um, but never made it to, to air. Um, so there's little nods and winks to, to their upcoming movies, and you've sometimes you're not going to be aware of what those nods are until the movie comes out and you go back and have a look. So um, there are, there's a comprehensive list on, on the internet. If you don't, didn't know this was a thing, go back and actually go through some of those amazing Pixar films and have a look at the little nods. Yeah, and, and, and they start really early too. Like It's not one of those ones where they picked it up halfway through. It's really, really early when they start doing these little nods. And really clever and probably just gives something for the adults that know that it's coming to, to keep an eye out. But really great stuff that, that pops up. And just another reason why we love Pixar and why that list was so hard to put together. Winning. Bazinga. It's come to the time for my favourite part of the whole podcast and what I look forward to doing throughout the week is trying to torment my brother and find ways to make him really hate life and really hate uh, the next half an hour of his life. Can't see my face, but I'm, I'm thoroughly unimpressed with this part. So what we did a few weeks ago or last week, whenever it aired, when we recorded it was a few weeks ago, I gave Shannon a list of challenges, a list of quotes, and he failed miserably in trying to get it. Now, the challenge to me, to him was, if he failed, he had to watch Big Bang or uh, Two and a Half Men, which he loves, loves to death. I chose Big Bang, so I just thought it just irritated him even a little bit more. Yeah, I'm fairly sure Guantanamo Bay is full of TV shows that just screen this episode over and over again. Now, Shannon, did you watch the episode that I gave to you? Yeah, I did. I had to watch it in a couple of parts, but boy, how did it take me some time to get through it. Now, now, did you watch the whole episode? Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, that, that's really sure disappointing because it's, it's an ep- the episode, I can't remember the name of the episode. I think it's season... Something about wrapping paper, Yeah, is season two, episode four, uh, 14, I think it is. It's the one where uh, Penny hugs Sheldon. And Shannon, Shannon didn't <sighs> see this part because it obviously cut it a bit early, but it is one of the most infuriating. It's, it's, I love it. I love the episode, but Shannon, I knew we'd hate it. So I'm going to open the floor very briefly. Now, keep it tight to how your thoughts were on the Big Bang Theory. Um, I'll give you my rundown. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to role play it for the people at home. Pop culture reference, pop culture reference, pop culture reference. Sheldon says something stupid. Pop culture reference, fucking... Death. That's 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 how I would I would wrap up that episode. Now oh, they forgot jokes, by the way. Oh, the other thing I did want to I want to ask is I, I, if if Chuck Laurie is listening, I'm really concerned about his studio audience. I really am concerned because they are on something. Those dudes are laughing hard at nothing. They are on psychotropic medication. I'm more worried about them than I am the Joker in the Dark Knight. <laughs> they, there is something seriously wrong with that studio audience because they think everyone, everything is fucking hilarious. In fact, I want them to listen to this podcast because they will be rolling in the aisles. <laughs> All right, so I've I've given Shannon a, a new set of challenges. Now, if you don't get, finish this one, because you didn't finish the episode, mm. it's one episode of Big Bang and one episode of Two and a Half Men. Gee, that's right. And you need to finish the bloody episode. Okay. That's why it's All called right. a challenge. All right. And that's why it's called a punishment. Yes, yep. Okay, so... This week, I've changed it up a bit because Shannon was really shit on quotes. I'm so Really, bad really quotes. bad on quotes. So I've changed it up a little bit. I've just given random trivia from, from movies, which hopefully is a little bit better for. And I'm going to rank it out of 21. Okay. Now, you'll see why. There's a, few, there's a few questions where it needs multiple answers. So I'm going to start really simple. I get really nervous in this part. My, I'm actually, my stomach is doing flip-flops. I really hope you are nervous because this is hilarious. I, lo- I love this part. So the Big Bang Challenge number two. My first question to you. Simpsons-based question. Okay. So let's see. And early Simpsons Okay, as well. good. It better be. Okay. The Simpsons became the highest running cartoon family in 1997, replacing which cartoon family? Uh, I'm going with the Flintstones. The Flintstones is correct. Yes. I there needs to be a ding. Can we ding? Ding. I'll, I'll add a ding post okay, nice. in post. Okay? Thank you ding for that. And a big uh, cross if you don't know. Oh, I could bump up. Bump if you lose. Family feud bump up. Okay, okay. Now, I asked you today. Yeah, you name, did. Name three actors you like. I didn't game this well, did I? Because no, I should have picked Adam Sandler. should have picked Adam Sandler. Because I know Adam Sandler well, intimately. Yeah, yeah, really, really quite uh, easy. To, now, what I've done, you chose Leo DiCaprio, yep. among others. Yeah. Now, that was the one I probably e- easiest for me. Okay, to, well, to that's re- good because I think he's my favourite. So. Okay, so I've got the characters' names okay. from these movies. I'm not great with characters' I names wa- either. Oh, you're just horrible. You, you love movies, but you should do yeah, everything I'm else. Not, give me directors every day of the week. All right, so name the movie 
that these characters come from. Okay, I, I feel n- n- nervous already. You've got I, can six. Feel, I can feel Charlie Sheen's you've energy. Got, you've got six to choose from. All right, okay. so I'm going to go Hugh Glass. Yeah, that is that is definitely the adventures of Glassy McGlassface and his glassy friends. Yeah, that, that's horrible. <laughs> it's Revenant. The most recent what? one. Okay, the yeah. Revenant. I thought okay. he was Beardy McBeardface. Okay, okay, this is this is the probably the easiest one. Actually, no, second easiest for you. Jordan Belford. Uh, that's the Wolf of Wall Street. It is the Wolf of Ding. Wall Street. Ding for you, sir. Yeah. Uh, Kelvin Candy. Uh, is definitely a Django. It is Django. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Daniels. That's uh, that's when he played. That's Look Who's Talking Eight, where that's actually Teddy Bears. Can you, like, can you at least try and name a DiCaprio movie? Uh, okay, it's uh, Catch Me If You Can. No, it's not. It's uh, Shutter Island. Well, that's not even a thing. Okay, yep. Okay. Um. So it's uh, Jim Jarrell. Uh, that's uh, that's the Basketball Diaries. It is the Basketball Diaries. Bang! <laughs> that was a guess. And simply one name, Billy. Not the kid. Uh, that I reckon is that's the Quick and the Dead. No, it's not the not Billy the kid. But he's not the he's this the kid. No, is he not yeah, called no, Billy? No, it's not called Billy. I'll give you a second chance. Okay, it it's is Billy. Definitely, he is Billy in the Revenant. No, we've done the Revenant. I've done I Departed. Oh really? In the department, doesn't he have no? Na- na- no, his name's Billy. Billy. Just shut up, his name's Billy. <laughs> Sorry, did you check the qu- the credits on that? No, I'm pretty sure. I it's think Billy. you've just made that up. No, I haven't. I haven't. Right. I, I actually checked IMDb. Judge? So this is, no, judge. Yep, overruled. Oh, okay. So good. Fair. All right. So okay, going going away from uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio, which 2007 movie, the third in the series, was the most expensive Hollywood film ever made? Uh, that's the final Lord of the Rings. No, it is Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, that's that's a shame. <laughs> a giant a shame. shame. Was Pirates of the Caribbean? How was that, made, how was that more money worth more money than the two towers? Or I don't know because most of it's CGI. Oh, most of that's walking. Okay, yeah, yep. walking and talking. It's just a good dude treadmill for five crap. Hours. Okay. All right, so I've gone really famous movie quotes. Yep. Okay. These are really famous. Why did we go quotes again? Because we, these we, are really famous. We determined that I'm terrible. No, no, no. These are really famous. You should get these. If you don't get these, I got every single. I actually made these off, off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, I got these. Okay. Okay. Here's looking at you, kid. That's uh, Casablanca. It is Casablanca. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Uh, it's gone with the wind. Yes. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth? A few good men. Correct, sir. Uh, we all we all go a little mad sometimes. It's from uh, from The Revenant. No. No, it's from Psycho. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, it's The Revenant with uh, with Hugh Glass. Okay. Now, <laughs> this one I just threw in because I wanted to say it on air. Okay. Because I just wanted to say it. Talking to Zuzu Petals was like masturbating with a cheese grater. Slightly amusing, mostly painful. I'm sad to admit that I didn't know the Revenant question, but I do know that that is Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> in The Adventures of Fort Fairfax. Oh, what a freaking movie that is. That's great. That movie. is correct, sir. All right, this is a bit of a long one. Empire had the better, better ending. I mean, Luke gets his hands cut off, finds out that is his father, hand gets frozen, and take, taken away by Boba Fett. It ends on such a uh, down note, I mean, that what life is, a serious down ending. All Jedi had was a bunch of Muppets. Yep. That, um, that's from the Star Wars Christmas special. No, it's uh, not. Come on. George really, Lucas does. Really think, Shane. Come on. Uh, Scream 2? It's from Clerks. It's, uh, it, it's done by guessing. Dante and it's by Clerks. I can't believe you've got that one wrong. I thought that Clerks 2? Clerks. Just normal Clerks. Oh, normal Clerks. Okay. No, sorry, Kevin Clerks. Smith. Yeah, I'm sorry. bloody should be. All right, now, so we're doing all right so far. So we've got... We're doing all right. I'm doing poorly. We're doing all right. So I set the benchmark of 15. Yeah. Oh, I did say 16, but let's say 15. How many do I need? So you've got four. You're on eight. Uh, how many do I need? I'm not good at maths. Can I, is it statistically possible I can still make this? You need to get all of these right. Holy Jesus. Okay. And I'm not sure. I actually made it a bit hard. Okay, good. I thought you'd run through the quotes really easily, mm. and I thought you'd know Leo a bit better, but yep. okay. Okay. So... Name the Bond actors from the movie. I'm oh, na- see, I'm... Oh. I'm going to name the movie. Okay. You tell me the Bond. Oh, and I'm going to throw it completely out of... Fir- now, just remember, I just want to remind everyone what the punishment is. Now, it's two episodes. One of Big Bang, one of Two and a Half Men. If you don't watch both of them all the way through, then I'm going to triple to three next week. Can I, can I suggest an alternate punishment? Let's, let's hear it. Could you set me on fire and drag me behind a ute through a knife factory? I really could. I actually could do that. I think that's actually better. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll throw something at you right now. Okay. Here we go. Mm-hmm. You have to watch yep. both of those episodes. Yep. Or listen to a whole CD of Nickelback. A whole album of Nickelback. Um, if there's 
if anyone listening at home, can you call triple zero? Because this is actually getting it's getting into threat territory and I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. Next week I'm turning up with an intervention order against <laughs> this because this is just crime and punishment. I don't know which one's worse. I mean the nickelback song will be over, but yeah, my but you ears... still got a whole you got a whole album, which is about at least thirty five, forty minutes. So, oh one, so okay, no, no. Let's let, sorry. Let's go. I, I take it back. I take it back. Let's go back to okay. Back to it. Okay. So name it. the Bond actors. Okay. So I'm going to start with an easy one. Okay. Okay. Tomorrow never dies. That's Pierce Brosnan. It is Pierce Brosnan. Skyfall. Uh, Daniel Craig. Okay. Now it gets interesting. From Russia with Love. That's a Connery. Connery. Nice. Uh, Diamonds Are Forever. That's a uh, Roger Moore. It's Connery. No, it's still Roger. I'm fairly sure it's Roger Moore. Pretty sure it's Connery. No, they, he he left for a, left for one judges. One, <laughs> I checked this today. <laughs> he left for he left for one one uh, movie and came back. Now I'm gonna I'll I'll, I'll counter that one because that was a trick question. Oh, okay. Okay. See, so these still, are, these I don't want your sympathy. <laughs> right? I'll take it like a man, like a crying <laughs> man, crying in, a, man in a fetal position. But I'll Chuck take it Lurie. like a man. Okay. All right. So uh, the man with the golden gun. That is that's a Moore. That's a Moore. Yep. Uh, license to kill. That's a Dalton. It is. And On Her Majesty's Secret Service. That sounds like a Lazenby. It does a Lazenby. So... <coughs> I did okay with that. I'm happy with that. You're happy with one, yeah. one miserable fail. Yeah, I'll and take that. kind of gave you a pass. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, so I'm giving, that, giving you a six out of seven. So what's that? That's 10. That's 13. That's 14. So so not, that's not so, 16? So you, you failed. So you failed. You got half the, half the uh, Leos and you got two quotes wrong and one bond. So that means you fail. That's, so, um, and you got the uh, the Pirates of Caribbean question. Well, wrong. that's I reckon I want to go. That's a recount. Recount, no. judge. Recount still on fourteen. Oh, that's hurtful. So but fourteen. Harsh so fourteen. So you're telling me that's now two episodes. That's now two episodes. One yep. of Big Bang, one of Two and a Half Men. Yep, and I got to watch the whole episode. Now <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and find a way to quiz you on this because I really want you to watch the whole episode because you you it is a punishment for a reason and you didn't take the Nickelback challenge which I thought you might you might do yep. but um. Yeah, so that's Shannon's going to be watching another episode of Two and a Half Men, another episode of Big Bang, another episode of Two and a Half Men. So I'm not sure if Shannon's going to be here next week. I'm not sure if he's going to be here, but hopefully. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's certainly a thing that happened. And um, may I say, sir, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's 11 minutes of your life you're not going to get back, and another 40 minutes of a life you're not going to get back when you watch those episodes. I should probably study up or do something or yeah, Chuck Lorre. Um, laughing, rubbing his fingers. Yep. Fuck you, choose Chuck Lorre. <laughs> Two and a half men, here we come. So that was our second mini cast. That was it. Mini cast number two, done, dusted. And I'm I'm now going to be punished forever. And that's um, it's forty minutes out of your life. Let's look at, let's let's. It's forty let's minutes plus the therapy session I've got to go to afterwards <laughs> to talk it's about a, it's it. A, it's an expensive podcast in the end. Yeah, I, I'm starting to think Charlie Sheen has it out for me. And to, to be fair, for the honest, but that's okay. Well, so to, to, I mean, in fairness, I was one who made the challenge. So. so I'll wait for your for your episodes. You'll text me during the week, and I'll watch them. Watch the whole episode. I will. I will certainly try and watch. Most of the episodes, I'll, I'll guarantee I'll watch some of them. Most okay. of them. That's that's probably that's probably torture enough. It is okay. So, um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you again next time on the Mars Podcasters. Thank you for listening to the Mars Podcasters. Find us on Facebook, or you can hit us up at marspodcasters at gmail dot com. And then something else. I'm going to say other stuff, and then I say other stuff, and then everyone's happy, and we fucking cut. <laughs> <laughs>